Hello and welcome to this third episode of the podcast Uncancelled and Unplugged, a platform for folk who were due to speak at conferences or events in the coming months that are no longer able to because those events have been been cancelled. Um, delighted to have with me today uh, Manu Varma of uh, Traction on Demand. Uh, Manu's a bit different from the other guests we've had in that he's not a, a full-time advisor or speaker, he's someone who's actually got a real job uh, and that's as uh, VP of Alliances and Friends of Traction, which is a, um, a company, that, a B Corp, that's involved in uh, cloud applications and facilitating uh, business processes with organisations. But he's also someone who, um, by virtue of that, uh, gets out to speak a lot on on a number of business issues. So uh, it'll be a bit of a different perspective, I think, from some of the other folk who are going to be on here. But I'm going to uh, proceed with um, uh, the format that we've used before. So first of all, uh, welcome. Welcome, Manu. Glad you could join oh, thanks, us. Thanks, John. Thanks for having um, me on. And that first question, which I'll ask everyone, is, you know, you were obviously anticipating, although it's not your full-time job, being on a stage somewhere in the next uh, little while. What were some of the core messages that you were sharing with the business community uh, up to this point? Sure. Um, one of the big things that we were trying to push forward is this whole concept for good, right? And uh, giving what you're good at. So being a certified B Corporation has always been a big part of our ethos at Traction on Demand. Uh, so part of the things that we were talking about is, is how you can weave different for good offerings into your regular business. For example, having a solid kind of corporate social integration strategy with your business. And then again, finding a way to give what you're good at. So for example, we give um, our knowledge and know-how and technology to help enable nonprofits across North America to do more in their own constituency. So typically what they would experience uh, when they get cash donations, so they're giving those cash donations strictly to program delivery and things like IT infrastructure and having a more technology forward way of do- uh, soliciting donations just were never addressed because I was looked at as admin and overhead. So that's kind of how we gave back. So what I was tr- we're trying to do is also spread that mantra to the, the larger community is to find ways that, to give what you're good at so you can help support these nonprofit offerings. And we, in fact, developed something that we just call the Purpose Project now where we're working with um, some of our customers. And on the outset of a, a project implementation, and what we're trying to do is work with businesses to help them become more efficient by using cloud-based technology. So we're going to these soft software development projects, and we lay out these key performance metrics right on the outset before we kick in the project and lay out a few key performance metrics and say, hey, if we hit these metrics, let's traction take 1% of the project budget and you as a customer take 1% of the project budget. And if we hit those metrics, take that one in one and donate that towards a nonprofit and help them do more in their way. So trying to spread this mantra of thinking outside of the box, really empowering and enabling nonprofits across uh, North America and really using business as a force for good. So that was really kind of our message this year, which will continue to push forward. Now we've, we've obviously seen a little bit of a hiccup uh, in, in the market. So we've really had to pivot and, you know, really looking at, I look at this whole for good offering as, as part of wellness and well-being as well, right? And uh, so now we've, we've also uh, had a tool that we've been using for about four years called Traction Pulse, where we're gauging sentiment on our employees' tasks on a daily and hourly basis. You know, it's integrated into their calendars and also a Chrome extension, where we're really amassing data on what people are enjoying working on, who are they enjoying working with, 
what types of work are they enjoying working with and so forth. What it's helped us do is really be able to give people meaningful work uh, with meaningful people on meaningful projects, right? So for me, the biggest driver of overall wellness has been kind of working on engagement. Now with this whole, um, you know, with the, the whole pandemic or We've seen other use cases um, kind of really explicitly outlined around, you know, employee wellness when we're looking at, you know, this blurring of personal and professional because we're now at home, we can't leave. Uh, and we've always kind of advocated that you can't separate um, your, your work life and your personal life. It is more about harmony and integration. Uh, and so looking at how we can leverage this tool um, to mitigate problems of isolation and anxiety, especially when you're working with a distributed workforce. And if you've never done it before, like how how are you going to do this? I mean, we're seeing people's lives completely change. So for example, if I was a war road warrior on the road all the time, selling, 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 and now I'm at home, that's a, a big shock. Uh, or if someone I used to go into the office on a daily basis, this is a big shock being stuck at home. Or even if I have worked at home 100% of the time and now I can no longer go out, now I've got my children playing in. How do I, how do I have people on my conference calls and my video chat not treat my children as as outsiders and distributors? And how do I incorporate this all in? And and how do I get some data? so that we can make some informed conversations. I think that's really the key is, is yes, data is important, but what we do with those conversations is, is, is more important, right? Uh, and not just collecting data for data's sake. But you had you had a, a large part of your workforce working remote before the current situation, but that's that's increased now, pretty much 100% yeah. now, yes? And we've been really lucky. And we, from the right get, the get-go, we have always, had this as part of our plan is to be able to work remotely. And it's been interesting is, 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 in talking to a lot of our customers. And that's really been our, our, our strategies now is just to do a, a lot of uh, reach out and just see how can we help our customers. And what we're finding is that a lot of them don't have the basic building blocks from a technology standpoint or a process standpoint of how they can you know, work remotely, um, whether it be a call center or whether it be not having the bandwidth or still working on desktops and not laptops. There's just a, we've learned that we can't make any assumptions about any company, large or small. Um, so it's been pretty much business as usual for us. We pivoted a fair amount. Mm -hmm. You know, we're working, for example, we're working with uh, some of the health authorities across Canada to help help them with apps so we can track supply chain for some of the personal protection equipment uh, and, and also looking at ways that we can kind of monitor uh, hospital beds that are necessary. So we traditionally haven't worked um, in the health, alliances, health life sciences field before, um, but we are pivoting to, to leverage what we do best uh, and, and trying to trying to help help out in, the, in this crisis. So um, yeah. And you've, you've been you've been recognised um, publicly for uh, the sort of strength of your culture at, at attraction on demand. I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I should have checked before we had this call, but I know I know I've seen um, I've seen your name in in lists of sort of you know top top yeah. employer type things, but specifically related to culture. How do you um, you know? What what have you done anything specific to kind of maintain that as people have become more distributed? 
Yeah, thanks for thanks for that that, that, that call out, John. It's been something that's really important to us. Um, one of the indicators that we're always looking at is a great place to work, right? Is and why that's so important to us. It's not about dollars and cents. It's all about culture. It's about how we as leaders feel traction is, and then the employee base kind of tells us how they feel it, and then that kind of delta is where um, where they, they give the award. And we've been pretty lucky to be in the top ten great places to work for the past seven years running. So it's right. it's, it's it's very humbling to be part of that. Um, so maintaining that culture is incredibly important. So where we've seen some some big big shifts, we've always been a, a big video consumption culture, and I think society as a whole is really big on video. So we've actually doubled down on that uh, that type of uh, communication from a daily perspective from our CEO and um, and our senior team on a regular basis. Really, uh, rush. Crap. Um, bring up a lot of more of that, that frequency and the cadence of all, um, all the communication, um, getting our people together on a regular basis. Most of our teams already huddled uh, on a daily basis, mm-hmm. and now they're continuing to, to huddle on the, on the video huddles on a daily basis. So I think that's a, a big thing is communication. I don't think any company's ever been accused of communicating too much. Uh, so I think that's been a, a real driver for our communication. One of the other big drivers of our culture, too, has always been this, again, this whole for good offering and, and that wellness. And, and how do we continue to push this forward amidst tough times? And, you know, 30% of our uh, or 35% of our overall business is actually working with nonprofits across North America and also higher education, too. So two industries that are really facing a lot of uh, disruption. Uh, and trying to help them through this is also c- quite empowering to our culture because we're looking at new and innovative ways that we can keep our communities well balanced, making sure that our nonprofits that may have missed out on all these big galas, right? Can can we now, which we're responsible for all their income. So now we're looking at uh, innovative ways that we can build things like, you know, a gala app where they can still kind of maintain that, that, that funding incoming. So during this crisis, we don't come back to a society that has been void of all the important parts that well, that makes our society well-rounded. Yeah, no, I think it's sort of a challenge because for a lot of organisers, I mean, you mentioned that that um, you know setting aside the one percent uh, of revenue, etc., and and then devoting that to non for not not for profits. I mean, for a lot of organisations, their philanthropic activities involve something very physical. So, you know, I, I know organisations that will regularly put together teams to do the the CN Tower uh, stair climb uh, in in Toronto, which I think is for the for the WWF. Um, and you know the sort of you know runs for cancer, the the rides. You know there are sort of, uh, and part of the value of those sorts of things is not just that that sense of of doing good and giving back, but that is done in a communal and connected yeah. and social way. And I know you, and I know you, you're not just doing the, the the denoting dollars from things. You you are engaging your people in in those kinds of activities as well. So how do you? I mean. Are you consciously looking for for other opportunities to to help out, or very uh, much so? Yeah, very much so. Just trying to find new and innovative ways to get that same feeling out of what we did, kind of face to face, and try to cultivate that feeling somehow uh, virtually. Um, we're experiencing some bumps. You know, it's going to be about experimenting and mm-hmm. uh, and failing fast, which is okay. I think we we don't know where some of these ideas are going to mm-hmm. land. Um, but I think that's that's what's good about it. Um, having people from you know different backgrounds collaborating together and and trying to figure out what what the new 
normal might look like, or, you know, when we get back to a, a new degree of normal, how can we pivot some of these solutions? Because um, I think what it's really done is, is force people to be really innovative and, and to think of things that were may not have been possible before. And then also look at, hey, let's implement this change with the force of it. And here's what it could look like in, in, in a regular, like a, a more face-to-face environment. And again, what that's doing is building their, for example, the nonprofits and regular businesses um, kind of toolboxes for, for future things, right? Like, I mean, I don't think we'll ever be able to be on a, this unaccountable again now that it's actually happened although these pandemics have been warned about for for a long time as we were talking about earlier john and yeah um i, I don't think this can happen again and this is part will be part of that regular business continuity uh, yeah so did you did you have a, a just aside i mean did, did you have a specific pandemic plan in place or are you sort of improvising a fair bit at this point you know, it, we were we were built for this. Like it, it was literally yeah. a two almost three weeks ago, uh, we made the decision just to, to to put everybody into working one hundred percent remote, uh, and it was just you know, I think the the decision came down at noon. By two o'clock, everybody's out, out, else was were up and running again. So it was very um, very minimal. Um, where we're where we're feeling it is with our customers and trying to enable our customers to help them with one hundred percent remote whatever it might be. And a lot of our customers don't have an even an ability to, to, to talk to their people. So, I mean, we're putting up video updates on a you know, daily by daily basis. A lot of our customers don't even have the ability to reach out manager to, to employees. So what we're trying to do is really spin up quick starts of, of cloud-based technology to help um, people at least stay connected. When you talk about wellness, there's no communication in the absence of fact, I'm going to start making up things and probably going to be worst case scenarios. So, um, that's been an interesting byproduct for us is really being able to really work in an agile fashion, both capital A and small letter A when it comes to software yeah, development yeah. And, and be able to bring things to the market to really help businesses and nonprofits alike try to try to weather this. Yeah. I just want to go back a little bit to, uh, to something you mentioned earlier on about when you talked about the culture and the great mm. places to work, like, that you're actually... Um, um, you know, there, there, there seems to be a fairly extensive sort of measurement and analysis piece in there around. You mentioned about task, how people feel about right. task, you know, and when we talk, when we talk about culture, um, um, you know, generally people talk about you know how we do things and our values and stuff. It seems to me you're actually measuring how people feel about the things they're doing. Is that is that right? Or? That's exactly right. So um, different parts of the business have different kind of subject areas or buckets. Um, that they, they code their activity on. And so we give sort of a five-level grading of, is it is it amazing? Is it pretty good? Is it mildly painful? Is it brutal, right? And so we get a sense of, you know, um, what types of things do I enjoy working on? So for example, uh, some of the, the um, information we can extract out is, you know, who are, who are some of our... our upcoming people leaders, because they really enjoy sharing their knowledge, right? And what types of project work should I assign um, Johnny to, right? It looks like whenever he plays the role of a business analyst in clean tech industries with projects over 250K, he's most happy. But when he's working on projects of under 50K as a project manager, um, he's not as happy. So that's really uh, been, a, been an amazing uh, output beyond just 
are my people happy, right? Because I, I think a lot of the, those Gallup 12 surveys that come out every quarter that are anonymized um, are, are, are a snapshot in time and don't really give us a ton of information uh, to access. I'm, I've always been a staunch supporter of running away from an anonymization when, when you're collecting data. Because if people are reluctant to share their feedback with you, you've got a bigger problem with your culture um, than, you, than you realize. So I've always been a, a big point of keeping it open, right? And I think that part of it is when people are free, feel free to, to share their feelings and become vulnerable, that really feels that, that, that feel good culture and keeps, you know, keeps people there. It keeps us connected. We like to think that we're more of a community than, than just simply a, a company. Yeah. Um, and hence with us, this whole friends of traction or FOTs that we talk about, you know, really keeping in touch with our community as a whole. Well, it, it seems to me, I mean, there's a couple of things that, that um, uh, and, and, uh, before I get to a question about that, I can't. Any time anyone says mentions of a community, I feel I have to comment. Is you know, and I, I prefaced our previous question about saying you know people talk about culture, they talk about you know our values, how we do things around here. They don't tend to talk about the community. And one of the things I'm seeing now uh, is, of course, the issue of community has suddenly become front and center in everyone. What everyone's talking about because it is those relationships with people that actually. It's the community that creates the culture, quite frankly, yes. in my in my opinion. Um, so um, I, I'm I'm not surprised, but it's nice 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 to hear that. So that data you have around how, how people are. I mean, you mentioned you know three weeks ago you said right everyone everyone go home work from home in that in that response, and, and you obviously that's probably ahead of most organisations uh, doing that in response to the current situation. Are you seeing? Um, that having an impact on engagement? Are, are your people still that engaged in the tasks? Are you, what sort of changes are you making or do you anticipate making in people's work going forward? It's been actually remarkable. Um, right now, um, we have, we've been watching those metrics on a, a regular basis, A, looking at ad adoption with that kind of problem statement of, if we've gone to full remote work, will we see a dip in usability and also kind of happiness? Uh, and in fact, we've seen the exact opposite. We've seen uptake. I think overall, 72% of the company is, is logging their time daily, like giving their sentiment and, and attaching mm -hmm. to the task. In fact, actually, the direct the team that I'm working on actually last week uh, had 100%. Everybody is putting their, their time and sentiment on a regular basis. We've seen actually overall efficiency of the business in terms of how busy people are go up. Uh, over the past week. So it's been a real effective tool, to, um, you know, for every level of the business. So I can kind of check in on my team members and see if I don't have a great idea on what they enjoy working on or what's been tough for them, or if they're having a tough day at home with their kids, it's just been a, a great a great way to, to reach out proactively for everybody and say, hey, it looks like you had a tough day. What happened? Can I help you out tomorrow? Can I take something off your plate? Right? It's a new normal and, and having these new expectations set out and it gives you a great platform uh, especially for those people that may not be as vocal uh, in, in kind of face-to-face -face meetings, it gives them a platform. Right. So in some senses, you know, people being, because people are now located where they live and working from where they live, that that they're bringing, I mean, it's probably misuse of the term, but they're bringing more of themselves to work, that, 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 which, which brings them closer to the people they're working with, even though physically they're separated. Is that... 
Fair to say. You know what's interesting, John? We also have, uh, I think, 18 married couples that work at uh, Attraction that were already married before they came to the company. So we're also seeing whole households that are now working together that have children. Um, And so that also adds another uh, dimension of of complexity. And again, the, the tool is also helping uh, helping us get a sense for how there's an element of self-actualization with the tool too, to say, well, what time of the day am I more productive for working on say a discovery versus kind of research? And that's also been, uh, really, um, eye-opening for a lot of individuals is I can manage my day better. And there's, I get a sense for what I really enjoy working on. Uh, what do I want to do more of, do less of, work with somebody else more frequently and less frequently, that type of thing. So so when this is over, mm. um, you know, sort of gazing into uh, your, your crystal ball, which I'm sure like all our crystal balls is a little cloudy right now. Um, exactly. Does everyone rush back to the office when this is over? Or do you think? Um, I can only speak for myself. Uh, this kind of self-isolation is my own private kind of hell. Being a <laughs> being an extreme extrovert, uh, I will go running back to the office very, very, very quickly and very happily. But I do imagine there's probably going to be a you know a few amount of people of you know, hey, I'm I'm reducing you know a half of, an hour and a half of commute time a day. Uh, am I able to, you know if I could per- devote that commuting time to hey spending time with my family however i determine what family is or or working out or exercise i mean i think i'm sure there'll definitely be be that piece uh i'd be curious to see what 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 that new normal looks like um because i would look at a lot of people that have been working from home it's not the same deal because you're you can't go out so yes you always work from home but i don't have that luxury that the uh, of going out and going for a run or going for a bike ride Right, you're, you're you're kind of stuck at home, uh, so we'll see. I I, I really yeah, don't know. I, I'm curious. I have to say, I've, I've been working at home for most of the last thirty years, um, and it's only now that everyone that there are so many experts, you know, writing lists of ten things to do when you work from home. <laughs> that I realised I've been doing it wrong all these years. <laughs> Obviously, I am, uh, but uh, it's. I like you're um, doing it wrong. You're doing what's yeah, right yeah, I mean, you. You, yeah. Everyone develops their own style, um, but I have to say, I think you, you mentioned the word that that struck me earlier on. You talked about the cadence of work, and I think that um, one of the things I miss from from being a live event person is that cadence of, or I will shortly will miss more, is that cadence of sort of fairly long periods of working on my own at home, designing, working away, then getting out into the world and connecting. And, and either speaking or moderating an event or managing an event and then retreating back to that that more solitary existence so it's that sort of cadence of things i think is 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 going to be hard to manage over the long depending on how long this goes on for um so um, i agree with you <laughs> perhaps we'll uh, we'll we'll yeah so, so we'll, we'll see how we'll see how it goes well it, it's been it's been great having you on I, i'd urge oh, you thanks, um you, you've provided some i think some really important pointers and it's great to hear about an organization that's um has seen opportunity in the current uh, in the current environment i don't mean that in a sort of an opportunistic way and uh, that has still found ways to to give back and to yeah. remain engaged I'd urge you also to 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 listen to the next episode. My next guest uh, is going to be Leanne Davy, who's written uh, extensively on the issue of conflict in teams. And it seems that you've obviously got you know your teams uh, sort of set up pretty well there. But but 
Um, there's bound to be something maybe if we'd had more time we could have talked about there's bound to be conflict in teams and how does that play out in a, in a, in a, in a virtual environment so a little bit uh, of conflict is always good keeps yeah, things exciting no, keeps things absolutely. passionate well, well thanks so much john i really appreciate it's been great uh, having, having you on. and um you know, I, I so you know, I, I so admire the work that, that Traction do oh, and your you very community much. and and the thank energy and uh, and passion that you bring to the stage when you're on it. And I'm glad we've been able yeah. to to witness a little bit of that here. So, oh, well, uh, so we'll have to keep time. in touch and um, we'll we'll talk soon. I'm sure. Thanks a, real a lot. Pleasure. Stay safe. Thank you. Bye.